Hello, and welcome to another episode of the B2B Founder Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Trainer. I decided to break today's interview into two parts. It was a little longer than usual, and I didn't want to edit out any of the content. My guest today is Dave Jennings. Dave is the author of a new book titled Systemology. He's also the host of the popular podcast, Business Processes Simplified. I love having guests on the podcast that solved a problem for themselves and realized many others had the same problem and then created either a new product or a new business to solve those problems. Dave was the CEO and founder of a very successful agency, but found he didn't have the time to spend on anything but his business. He was the blocker, the choke point, so he set off on the path of systemizing himself out of the business. Fast forward a few years, not only did Dave get himself out of the day-to-day, but he also developed a methodology to help other founders do the same thing. He had so much positive feedback that he wrote a book about it. I love it. In this episode, Dave and I discuss how he was able to systemize himself out of his agency and how a fortuitous phone call with the author of The E-Myth changed his path forever. It's a great example of how you need to be ready when opportunity knocks. In part two of the interview, we break down Dave's methodology from his systemology book. If you've been struggling on taking first steps to systemize your business, this two-part episode is for you. As you've heard me mention many times, I believe the majority of B2B startups don't scale because of execution, and Dave's methodology will help you down that path. Enjoy, and as a reminder, if you listen to this podcast, please subscribe on your favorite platform and share with your friends and colleagues that might also enjoy it. Thanks for listening. Now, on to the interview. Hi, Dave. Welcome to the program. Hey, Brett. Thanks for the invite. Been looking forward to it. Ah, likewise. It's been my pleasure. And you know, I think when we were chatting offline, I said we haven't had a, too many folks come in and talk to us about process and systems. And I'm a big believer of this approach. So it's going to be great to have you on and dig into this topic for a bit. But before we get started, why don't you give the audience just a little bit of a background of what you're working on today? beyond the book and some of the people you're working for, and then we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah, so the business is systemology, and we help businesses extract, organize, and optimize their best practice with the whole idea of trying to get them out of the day-to-day operations of running the business. And I feel you mentioned you haven't had that many guests talk on the topic, and I feel like it's because it's such a very poorly addressed part of business. A lot of the topic around systems and processes they've been addressed by things like six sigma and lean which a lot of these methodologies have been designed for large businesses but then when you apply it to small businesses it's usually overkill and you know completely over engineers the the whole situation for small business because small business operates on a lot finer margin and they're just needing to get the minimum viable product together and I think more than that, it lives in the blind spot of most business owners. Most business owners are the people who start the business. They're these big picture thinkers, the people who see the problem out there in the world, decide to build a business to solve that problem or meet that need. And they move quickly, they hustle, they get everything off the ground and just get it going and and grind it out. And they needed to do that to get the business to a certain size. But then the challenge always becomes, it's the transition to grow it beyond that point, beyond more than a handful of team members 
and really sort of step out beyond that and get the detail orientated person in and start to get systems and process and consistency amongst the team. And they feel like they're not a process person. That's where I've been kind of working with systemology that to solve that problem. And all of that actually got spawned from, I do have a software platform called system hub, which houses businesses standard operating procedures in the cloud. That was actually the first uh, sort of, starting point with working a lot of companies in these capacity. And then I started to try and realize, well, what is the difference between a business that crosses this bridge and one that never crosses this bridge and just gets stuck and just comes to the conclusion that they're not a systems person or that their business can't be systemized and decoding that that's really what then started me off on the whole systemology journey. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and so true. Because I spent, you know, half of my career in enterprise, almost all of it in go to markets. So when you say go to market sales, marketing, onboarding, customer success, you know, anything that's really customer facing. And I always felt that that area was kind of the last of the wild, wild west, right? That every sales leader that came in had their own methodology or approach, and you would do it differently and never really understood why there wasn't a more systematic approach to that entire process. Now we've kind of seen in the, in the larger, more complex organization, you know, sales operations, sales enablement, and now revenue operations, revenue enablement. I think those were created to, to fill a gap within companies to your point. It's just, even the big companies, yeah. it wasn't a priority. So then taking a step back, I think you're a hundred percent right that at least the founders I work with, small businesses I work with, this is the last piece, uh, we call it the puzzle, but a necessary evil if they ever get to it. And I do think it yeah. holds most of these companies back because you can't build a repeatable, scalable, scalable process, right? What's interesting as well, all the discussions I have with the business owners, all of them, we all agree. I've never had a discussion with a business owner where they've gone, systems and processes aren't important because they read the books, they read the e-myth and traction and scaling up and they get sold on the idea of systems, but then it's okay, but where do I get started? And then all of the misconceptions creep in. They think I'm going to need hundreds of systems or even if I create the systems, my team won't follow them or they're worried that creating systems is just going to remove creativity or that they're going to need some complex software that they look to the poster child of business systemization like McDonald's and they think I need to systemize like McDonald's, but McDonald's is that lean, mean fighting machine. That's been at this game for 60 years and trying to systemize like them out of the gate. It's just unrealistic. You want to think about, well, how did McDonald's systemize 60 years ago? So there's all, those misconceptions and it's always important but never urgent so they never get around to it and that's really what i'm here to spearhead is how do we make this important and urgent how does the business owner recognize that this is a critical piece that must be mastered and you can't keep putting it off and the sooner you do it the better not only that in the current climate now is the best time to systemize ever in the entire history of business systemization or entire history of business because there's so much change going on right now 
that your team is accepting of the change. They're experiencing change at home. They're experiencing change at work. They're experiencing change with their kids. So when you come to them with the idea that, right, we need to systemize, of course we have to change because everything's changing around us. Whereas sometimes in the past, you would take it to team members and they'd say, oh, why, why do we have to systemize or change what we're doing? Because what I'm doing has worked. It's always worked. What's the point of change? That's why now is actually a really great time to re-engineer the business and look for these huge opportunities that can be gained from systemization and getting your systems and processes documented. Yeah, hundred percent. Just a one little quick side note. I don't want to take us down too much of a rabbit hole, but you had mentioned McDonald's and in a previous life, and I mean a previous life, this is probably almost 25 years ago. I was a managing partner for a small regional chain, and I call it a chain, three, three locations of a bagel cafe back in the 90s. And I tried like hell to get myself into Hamburger University to understand, because even back then, to your point, 60 years ago, 30 years ago, we realized they were the experts when it comes to process and food and customer and those types of things. So completely random side note on that, but I'm with you 100% that that is the, no pun intended, the gold standard for process, or at least they were, I'm not as close to it as, as I used to be. Yeah. But. The more that I've headed down this path as well, one thing that I've realized, especially when you're getting started, it is really important to have great people and you want to have good process and you want to give them almost like the framework to operate on and you want to allow them to think. So I'm not a huge fan of systemization or documentation down to the point where you can hire a 15-year-old off the street and they can come in and complete a complex component of your business because you've fully documented it. I think I always see systems as just guide rails for great team members that shows them if it's their first time or if they're getting up to speed or if you want to train them up to get a, a consistent output. It's just a way to go, here's a way to get the consistent outcome to shortcut it modeling our best practice, but it still gives them a little bit of room to think. I remember hearing a comment that I believe it was Reed Hastings, one of the founders of Netflix said when they went down the journey of systemizing their business, they said, we dummy proofed our business. The only problem with that is we found out we could only attract dummies into the business. (laughs) There's a real fine line and you want to get enough process in there, but you also don't want to introduce so much red tape and complexity and get in the way of actually doing the work. So that balances. It's actually about changing the culture of the business. You're not really looking to install systems or get everything documented down to the point of, hey, how do we take out the trash? Step one, tie the bag, blah, blah. Like that's not the level we want to get to. We want the team to make the shift if they want to know how to do something, they know there's a place to look. They know that there is oftentimes a, a standard best practice. And if there's a problem, they go to the system and they try and improve the system rather than trying to blame the staff member. So, I mean, there's a lot there. I think the more that you dig into this, the more that you realize this is an area that the business owners really got to get their head around, or at the very least nominate someone on their team or find the yin to their yang, you know, the, if they don't like process, well, find the team member on the team who does like process or hire that person because it's such an important function of business. Yeah, no, hundred percent agreed with you. And I had the co-author of rocket fuel on the other day, which it should be airing 
probably just before this episode. And yeah, he was talking, right? If, if you're a visionary founder and startup owner, entrepreneur, you've got to find your counterpart, which is the integrator, which is the person that's going to follow your book and help you implement and execute against that plan. And I think, at least what I've seen, that's one of the biggest gaps in a lot of startups is the execution piece of this. What's for you, like for the audience listening to this, I'm looking forward to that episode. I've read the book as well, Rocket Fuel, and there's another one, Traction, which is also great by his other co-author. But they speak to that issue really well. The majority of people that listen to this, is it the visionary founder or is it the integrator or a bit of a mix? Well, it's interesting. I think it's mostly the visionary founder but I find that there are integrators in the wings waiting. They just don't know they're integrators. And one of the the conversations we have, which I think ties perfectly to this, is there's a lot of people very unhappy in corporate roles that are very good at the system and the integration work. They just don't think that there's a place in a startup form because they haven't thought of the next Google or the next Facebook and didn't realize how much value that they can bring into that organization mm-hmm. with with that background, right? And I think yeah. having folks like you on this thing to open up the eyes and Mark Winters to say, hey, there is a role and this is more companies are going to be successful if we can partner those, these folks together to help drive the business. I think if it's primarily business owners, because I think there is, I mean, there is a huge need for supporting of that 2IC and the COO. I think Cameron Herald does some great work over at COO Alliance. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. He really focuses on training up those second in command. And oftentimes, yes, people who get businesses off the ground might not even realize that they need that second in command. And people who are those second in command, like you said, coming from corporate, that's the best because they bring all of that training over and it is a different personality required to be the integrator than it does the visionary. If the visionaries are the ones that are listening to this and maybe just as we transition into the methodology and giving people some clear action steps that they can follow, I suppose I just want to get across the, the biggest win or the benefit that you might not even realize from business systemization as a founder. It it is actually about creating space for opportunities. Uh, The way that I recognize this, and it's actually the, I've got my book coming out that obviously we'll we'll talk a little bit about later, but the, the opening story is the story with Michael Gerber. And that was a huge opportunity that fell in my lap and I had the space to take it. That was the biggest thing. The the opportunities will come past your doorstep, but most business owners are too caught in the day-to-day operations to actually follow the good opportunities. Not only that, oftentimes they don't even see the good opportunities because they're so in their business there might be a huge opportunity over here that it just whizzes by because day to day they're stuck in the business doing their thing. What really opened my eyes to this was I used to own a digital agency that I'd heavily systemized. I hired a CEO. So she was my integrator. She just started taking over the reins and I was getting system hub off the ground. And I got this message completely out of the blue from a lady called Luz Delia Gerber. Now, I didn't know the first name, but I knew the surname. So Gerber and Michael Gerber, he wrote the book, The E-Myth, very well known in the space. If people haven't read it, they should check it out after they get systemology, of course. Of course. Um, But (laughs) the message that came through from Luz Delia Gerber just said, call me. 
And I thought, oh, that's interesting. I knew the Gerbers, they were on the West Coast of the US. And that was the first thing in the morning. It's like 7am, like it is right now. I got this message and it just said, call me with a phone number. And I thought, well, I'll just call it because I know that they're in their afternoon while it's my morning. And I started chatting with Luz Delia. She picked up straight away and she let me know that, look, Michael's, she didn't know how she came across me other than she'd watched a couple of videos. She'd found them online. It was almost like a serendipity type event. She'd come across something. And then she happened to watch me go through a book launch, my first book, actually, Authority Content. She watched me launch that book and she said, wow, I love the way that you launched that book. Michael just turned 80. He's written the final book in his E-Myth series. This one just here, Beyond the E-Myth. And she said, look, for the first time, we've decided to self-publish rather than going through a traditional publisher. Like okay. the other ones through HarperCollins. But this one, being 80, he's thinking about his legacy. He wants to main control, thinking about how his body of work gets passed on. And she said, so I'm looking for someone to do the book launch. And I've just come across you. I watched what you did and I'd like you to launch Michael's book. Now, I didn't launch books. That's not my thing. You know, I was a bit starstruck at the time. I was like, "Uh, uh, uh, okay. (laughs) She said, there is a little bit of a catch. It's going to take you three months, solid work. You can only focus in pretty much on this project. And it's probably going to consume, you know, every waking moment. You're going to have to breathe, eat and drink the e-myth for this period in time. And I said, oh, look, I would love the opportunity to work along with Michael. Not only that, sure. I said, I'm happy to volunteer for the position. So I did it as almost like an unpaid internship. And I was fortunate that I'd systemized my business to the point where I could literally step out. Melissa, I said, right, you're running the day to day here and I'm going to go chase this opportunity and work with it. So long story short, I've never worked on a project that has opened doors quicker. I just say Michael Gerber's name sure. and people would just about fall over themselves to get him on the podcast, to do write-ups on their website. And it was a great project. We ended up launching. It became an Amazon bestseller in 24 hours. And then he invited me to an event he runs in Carlsbad, California called the dreaming room. It was one of the last live events that he was running And I flew to Carlsbad and I happened to, in the process of launching the book, I'd called in a few favors from some friends who helped me out with some, you know, AdWords and building quizzes and things. So I brought a couple of friends with me. We rented this really Mac daddy house that was hanging off the rocks in La Jolla, overlooking the ocean. We got it off uh, Airbnb. And then we attended the dreaming room event with Michael. And then at the end of that, he had a two day mastermind that he wanted people to stay on for. And he invited the who's who of business to it, where we sat down and we talked about the future legacy of Michael's work and they wanted to get Tony Robbins to facilitate it. But at the 11th hour, they didn't have a facilitator. So I stuck up my hand and I said, look, I'll facilitate the group. And I facilitated this mastermind where we, we talked about what's going to happen with Michael's work and what is the core way that this is going to you know, continue and, and get his message out. And I remember reflecting on that afterwards going, it was amazing that I was able to lead that and facilitate that room when I had no contact with Michael, not more than four months prior to that. I didn't even have a connection with him. And it was just a series of these serendipitous events where I had the opportunity to follow it and chase it. And I think 
if you ask a lot of business owners and you said, if the Oprah of your industry came and knocked on your door and said, Hey, I would love you to come and work on this dream project for three months, but you're going to literally have to just devote yourself to the project. Most business owners couldn't take that step because right. they'd say, I can't step away from the business for more than a couple of days without it falling over. But for me, that was, it was almost like a snakes and ladders event where if you think about it, I was plodding in the right direction and I was slowly moving up the board, but I landed on a ladder and I was able to walk up that ladder and I shot up about 50 levels. I skipped tons of the board and those sorts of opportunities, they will come around. Some of them you'll see, some of them you won't because wow. you're so focused on the business and the whole purpose of business systems and the reason I tell this story is because it speaks to the founder because sometimes the idea of writing detailed process and systems, it doesn't get the business owner excited, but the idea of creating space and potentially spotting the next huge opportunity, that's what does speak to them and systems yeah. that enables that. That's what an unbelievable story and kudos to you for stepping up and say, I'll, I'll fill in for Tony Robbins. Okay, no problem. I've never done this, but hey, what could go wrong? So yeah, I think there's so much value in that and I'm trying to think where even to start, but you know, the fact that you did take the chance, you saw the opportunity, you were able to position yourself to take that opportunity by systemizing the business. And, you know, I think going all the way back to where the core message of this is, is I think you're right. There's so many businesses that are so bogged down with just randomly dealing with firestorms or putting out the fires or day-to-day -day issues because they don't have a process. Again, I think to your point, it doesn't need to be step one, subset two, step four, right? To keep the, the guardrails on, but you're never looking forward and driving the business forward if you're constantly in the step-by-step -step that that's there. So, wow, that's an unbelievable story. So is that how you ended up getting him to write the forward or the end forward for the book? That's awesome. So we've been keeping in touch and there's a project that we're both working on at the moment and he's been digging into some more of my work and getting a real appreciation. The work that I have done really is the natural extension of the E-Myth. I felt like the E-Myth got everybody all excited by the idea of systems and it built the case because back in the day, people didn't think about working on their business. They were more focused on in the business and they didn't think about the e-myth, the entrepreneurial myth, which is just because that you can mow the lawn, that doesn't mean that you can run a lawn mowing business. There's, right. there's a different sure. from doing the technical work versus running the business. And that's what the e-myth speaks to. And it does that fantastically well, but inevitably, after you read the e-myth, the next question you ask is, okay, yeah, but where do I get started? How do I go from a business with zero or very little systems to something that is operating much more smoothly, almost like a Swiss watch and you go in a systematic approach. So the systemology, which the book that I've written about create time, reduce errors and scale your profits with proven business systems. The whole idea is it's a seven step system to identify the mission critical systems, get it out of the brains of the team members and the business owner to make it easy and organize it and get the team to buy in. And then what are the systems you're going to need for scale? We can go through those seven steps, but each step is designed to address one of the myths. Like I think the first step, which is to define speaks to that myth that you're going to need hundreds of systems to actually get a win. The truth is you probably need 
10 to 15 core systems that really focus in on the minimum viable product of you delivering your core product or service. You, you do that and that's going to give you a significant win. And that's all you need at the start. You just have to get the ball rolling. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed part one of my interview with Dave Jennings. Please tune in for part two where we break down Dave's new book, Systemology, and talk through his methodology. Enjoy. Have a great rest of your day. Mm-hmm.